This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sarah. And I'm Beth. We're lawyers, mothers, and host of the bipartisan podcast, Pantsuit Politics. Just as we differ in political philosophy, we've arranged our lives in very different ways, from our careers to where we live to our choices about marriage and family. But we have more in common than divides us. In a world that increasingly defaults to false dichotomies, we explore the messiness of living wisely. The choices, trade-offs, priorities, and grace of living a nuanced life. everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Nuanced Life. If you are a Pantsy Politics listener, you know that we just had a long weekend enjoying time in person with our whole team. So Dylan, our producer, and Elise, our production assistant, were with us. And the four of us put our heads together and we did some thinking. Pantsy Politics turned three over the weekend. We can't believe we've been at this for three years now. And it caused us to think about the nuanced life and what is really working here and what we need to think more deeply about. And we realized doing that, that everything has a season like we talk about here all the time. And we think we need to move into a new season with the nuanced life. Literally and figuratively. Yes. So beginning in December, we are going to focus on what we think is the most important aspect of this show, and that is our commemorations. What really is making the nuanced life right now in the experience of creating it, and we hope the experience of listening to it, is hearing your stories about your lives. And so beginning in December, the nuanced life will be shorter episodes centered around your commemorations. We will continue on Patreon for people who support us at the $5 a month level, producing a fully produced bonus episode. And it is going to be more complex than the bonus episodes you've seen there so far, because we want to continue to thank and value that support from everyone and continue to have some of the longer form conversations that, let's be honest, the two of us just enjoy having about a variety of topics. In the new year... The Nuanced Life will be in your podcast feed every other week, once a month in Patreon. And then several times throughout 2019, we will do some short series where we have longer conversations and interviews around focused topics. So we talked about a short series around change in life that involves grief because we want to resume our conversations with Megan Devine and others around that topic. So there'll be several of those in 2019. But the heart and soul of The Nuanced Life are your stories. And so we're going to continue to highlight those. So let's dive into the heart and soul of the nuanced life. We're going to share commemorations and then we will be sharing a conversation with Brock Lush, the nomad dad, about being a stay at home dad. And I'm so excited to share this conversation with you. But first, let's dive into our commemorations. 
We heard from Denise, who said that her son Alex got to vote for the first time today. Hooray, Denise and Alex. Of course, I hope many young adults are marking this commemoration in 2018, but I feel it is especially worth noting in my son's case. We live in Arlington, Virginia, and we have in-person absentee voting available for several weeks leading up to the election, which is why I'm sending this to you before November 6. Alex is autistic, and while he talks quite a bit, his speech is unreliable. In fact, he has told us that his mouth makes him sound stupid, causing him to say things and repeat phrases he doesn't mean to say. As a result, he has been underestimated and denied opportunities his whole life. He spent his entire school career in self-contained special education, a mistake we would not repeat if we could go back and do it over again. It wasn't until he was 15 that we discovered he could spell to communicate. It took three years of working with trained therapists, first pointing to letters with a pencil on a stencil board, then using his fingers to point to letters on an alphabet letter board. Now, at the age of 18, we can have full, engaged, meaningful conversations with him typing on a keyboard. He is so funny and smart and kind. Getting to truly know him has been the greatest joy of my life. Long ago, I accepted that I would never be able to have a real conversation with my son. The fact that we can now never stops feeling like a miracle. Despite this miracle, the reality is Alex needs a lot of support in his day-to-day life. When he turned 18, my husband and I knew we had to obtain legal guardianship in order to help Alex navigate life and keep him safe. This process involved a court-appointed attorney coming to our home to meet our family in order to determine that this was the right course of action. In Virginia, there are six rights that are taken away from an individual during the guardianship process. The right to drive, the right to own a firearm, the right to medical power of attorney, the right to marry, the right to enter into a contract, and the right to vote. Alex was not happy about this process, but he understood the need for it. But all three of us thought he should retain his right to vote. The autistic community is often literally voiceless, unseen, and uncounted. He is an intelligent young man who should have every right to participate in our democracy. He is denied access to and participation in so many things. To be denied access to this felt particularly painful. The court-appointed attorney came to our house, and Alex was able to show him just how smart he is by typing his thoughts and showing just how knowledgeable he is about politics. The attorney petitioned the court for Alex to retain his right to vote, and today Alex exercised that right. When we walked up to the table, I said, my son is voting for the first time. And before I could finish, the volunteer yelled out, first time voter, and they all broke into applause. He was so excited and so proud, and so was I. I was beyond excited to vote for the first black president, and I was thrilled to cast my vote for the first female presidential candidate in a general election. But this was by far the most meaningful election day of my life. Mm, I love that so much. On a much lighter and very hilarious note, we got a note from Mike. My 10-month-old slept through the night last night for the first time in months. I will bow down to any god, goddess, dog, cat, cow, chicken, or any other being you care to put in front of me if this continues. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. You know, parenting is a range of emotions. <laughs> which our commemorations celebrate. I also love this commemoration. It is anonymous. I wanted to share this commemoration with you all because I'm just so dang proud of myself and I want to shout this from the rooftops. I am done dieting. After many years of many fad diets, meal replacement shakes, weight loss plans, counting systems, you name it, 
I am finished. I have decided to love my body the way it is, the way that God made it to be, and I am not going to allow cultural messaging or my own negative feelings about my body to prevent me from loving myself. Through personal reflection, counseling, and working with a dietitian, I have found the concept of intuitive eating. I'm learning to listen to my body again. I'm embracing my body's signals and cravings for what they are, not what someone else tells me they should be. I am determined not to feel guilty about what my body craves this upcoming holiday season and not to punish myself with hard workouts in order to eat to earn the right to eat yummy foods i am so thankful to have found this concept as well as the courage to embrace it right before the holiday season i hope you all had a wonderful halloween and ate some candy i did for the first time in years and it was amazing keep up the great work ladies love 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 the show congratulations to you i think that is awesome yeah i think that's fantastic So we also got an anonymous commemoration. My husband and I have been married for four years and have come upon our first really stressful and life-changing event. It sent us reeling for a little bit, but I am so proud of him. He continually is doing his best to not let this affect our relationship, and I feel so lucky to have chosen a partner who is willing to put our collective needs above his personal ones. I know he will come out the other end closer and stronger for it. I think that's beautiful. It is a hard thing to learn to put collective needs above your personal needs. Finally, we want to share a commemoration from Caitlin, who recently ended her job of five years. I was an executive, and I was good at what I did. Even so, it became evident a few months ago that people above me wanted a change in direction, and so I have been out of work since the end of September. I had wanted to write the two of you with a glowingly optimistic gratefulness for fun employment and all the joys that come with not having the stress of daily life at the top. Instead... I have found myself dealing with a grief that comes in waves, often unexpectedly. Today, though, four people reached out to me to see how I was doing. I told my husband that they all must have written, check in with Caitlin, on their calendars today. While the conversations naturally drifted into the subject of my former workplace and what is happening in the wake of my leadership there, I still appreciated hearing from these people. So today, I commemorate friends who write, check in with sad person on their calendars, and then do just that. Loneliness is one of the side effects of unemployment, and hearing from people who care made all the difference for me. Oh, I love that. I love that, too. It was such a good reminder to me that things that feel awkward to us almost never feel awkward when we just do them. Mm-hmm. You're never going to hurt someone by bringing up something difficult for them as much as you're going to show them that you care about them. It's just yeah. like the conversation we had with Megan Devine. It's not like they've forgotten that something difficult is going on. Well, and if you try to do it with, an, for, with the right intention, I think that will always shine through. I think so, too. Next up, we're sharing our conversation with the Nomad Dad. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. What would it look like if we all listened more? Listening to audiobooks motivates us, inspires us, even brings us closer together. There's no better place to listen than Audible, because now Audible members get even more exclusive audio fitness programs, audiobooks, Audible originals, and more. Audible has the largest selection of audiobooks on the planet. And now with Audible Originals, the selection has gotten even more custom with content made for members. 
We just finished listening to Esther Perel's The Ark of Love on Audible. It's wonderful, and I think that there's just something about that format where you're hearing voices that's really special in a long form. Every month, Audible members get one credit good for any audiobook they choose, plus two Audible originals from a changing selection that they can't get anywhere else. They also get access to audio fitness and health workouts created exclusively for Audible. Plus, your books are yours to keep. With Audible, you can go back and re-listen anytime, even if you cancel your membership. Didn't like your audiobook? Exchange it. No questions asked. Start a 30-day trial, and your first audiobook is free. Go to audible.com slash life or text life to 500-500. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash life, audible.com slash life. You can do it with audiobooks. We are joined today by Brock Lush. He is the Nomad Dad. We met him at Cincinnati's first podcast festival, and we're excited to talk with someone who is thinking and writing and connecting with other stay-at-home dads. So, Brock, welcome to The Nuanced Life. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Tell us about your decision to stay at home with kids and then to translate that into a larger community of people doing the same. So, a couple years ago, um, my kids were, uh, gosh, they were like three and one. And my son was in an in-home daycare just down the road from us, uh, literally like six houses and was with some friends. And our daughter was, we were trying to find a place for her. And we ended up putting her just hanging out with some friends of ours, but it was a 30 minute drive to get to them. And then another 30 minute drive for me to get to work. And my wife and I were both working at the same company here in town. And um, we live here in Cincinnati. And so we were driving over to Kentucky for that. Well, it just so happened that our friends who had the in-home uh, were getting ready to adopt uh, from out of the country, and the agency told them that they were no longer allowed to do the daycare. So uh, their doors were going to close, and we had to figure out what we were going to do with our son. And uh, we had already gone through just a horrible like situation trying to find a place for our daughter, and uh, our friend was nice enough to ha- take her in for the time. So... I didn't really enjoy my job as much, but it was a good money maker. However, it just paid for childcare. And so I had told my wife back when we started dating years ago, uh, we've been married for 11 years now that I really would like to be a stay at home parent. And so we talked about it, prayed about it and really felt like that was the right thing to do. And so the end of March, I left the company that I was working for and that was uh, would have been two years ago almost. And uh, moved into the stay-at-home dad world. So it, it was a it was a really good situation for us. It was uh, it's been a learning curve, but definitely have done a lot of really cool things with it. So uh, that was kind of the start of things. But the biggest part was that I really didn't want to do this alone, and I knew isolation was going to be a possible thing that I would have to overcome. And so I found the National At Home Dads Network, which is this amazing organization that has a really cool. Uh, online community basis on Facebook where you can talk to other at-home dads and get an idea of what life is like. And so I started conversation with them and through that realized that there were these dads groups in the city uh, in different cities all over the country. And I wanted to build something like that. And so I started just inviting all dads that I knew from the city into this group and build a really good basis with them. And then other like stay-at-home dads and their friends started coming in as well. And so now there is a Cincinnati dads group uh, that is based out of Cincinnati that's just over a year old. 
it has been really cool because there's like 300 guys in that and we have a lot of fun getting together monthly as just dads hanging out and then also throughout the month uh, going different places in the city as uh, dads and kids. That's awesome. What do you what was the biggest I mean, you said that you always wanted to be a stay at home dad, but what has been even as someone who sort of anticipated wanting to do this now finally getting to do it? What have what have you learned the most about being a stay at home dad and yourself sort of in the process? I think the one thing that I learned is that even though it sounds kind of scary to move into that position, especially a lot of dads I talk to, like, there's no way I could do this. The one thing I reassure them is, is that it does sound scary, but once you get a routine down, things tend to flow a lot smoother and it just becomes a day-to-day movement. So I've just kind of learned that along with that routine, there are going to be the occasional curveball. I mean, your kid is developing daily and so... One day they could be a perfect angel, the next day they could not be. And uh, that not be day is the one where you're like, all right, like maybe we don't need to do as much today, or maybe mm. we need to concentrate on this one thing and try to figure out what we can do. But um, yeah, I just try to not get so wrapped up in this whole kind of like, oh, I can't do it. And just try to concentrate on the things that I'm doing and try to do those better. I love that. What do you hear from the 300 dads that you're hanging out with in Cincinnati about the the unique aspects of being a stay-at-home dad as as compared to being a stay-at-home mom, perhaps? Yeah, that's what I wanted to know. I wanted to know what a regular working dad has to learn from you guys, because I think there's probably plenty. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things is just this idea of, of balance. I know a lot of um, working dads that I talk to, when they talk to us about well, me and some of the state of dads, we'll get together for like a beer and be chatting. There's like, I don't get it. Like, how do you do this? My, my wife stays at home with the kids and uh, we'll tell them, you know, like we do all these different things. And then we also, the cool thing is we can talk to them about, this is what our wives do for us when they come home from work. You know, they, they give us a moment to take a breath. Like, mm. you know, if it's been a crazy day, even if they've had a crazy day, they still try to find a way to give us a breath so that we can have a moment away, what, whatever that might look like. I know for me, a lot of times my wife will be like, you know, go walk the dog, get out of the house. Or instead of me going to, instead of my wife going to the store to pick up some things, like, why don't you go do that without the kids, which is a huge, <laughs> doesn't seem like a lot, but that's huge uh, to be able to not have to uh, worry about a kid trying to, you know, snick a, sneakers bar, a Snickers bar into the basket while you're trying to, to shop. So that is kind of an interesting concept because then when the working dad hears that, a lot of times there's this bell that goes off and they're just like, oh, maybe I should be looking at what I can do to maybe serve my wife a little bit better in that context. So um, it's been really fun to have that conversation. I think that's been one of the biggest eye-opening perspectives that a lot of working dads just need to remember. Well, and what do you think both stay-at-home moms, working moms, I mean, I think that men and women parent differently. I don't necessarily think it's genetic, but I think for a lot of societal and cultural reasons, we parent differently. We have a lot to learn from each other. One of my favorite books of all time is All Joy, No Fun by Jennifer Senior. I don't know if you've read this book, but it's so it's about modern parenting and it's so good. And she basically says, you know, we can learn a lot from dads, basically that everything is not the end all being of importance, that there is a more relaxed approach to parenting and child rearing. Now, some of that is because it's women that are being primarily judged, I think, for the child's appearance or the child rearing. But I still think there's a lot to be learned from a more relaxed approach. Do you do you feel like you parent differently than if you're if your wife was staying home? Do you think that we have we we can learn from each other in that way? 
Yeah, I think that there is a little bit of, uh, I don't know, I guess an off balance in some ways with that. Because, yeah, um, my wife definitely, uh, she wants to be a little more regimented in some different ways. Whereas I'm just kind of like, hey, like either I've got stuff to do or we don't have stuff to do. And, you know, or if the kids are not really asking to do X, Y, and Z craft or something along those lines, like, okay, we're just going to, we're just going to chill or, you know, it's just one of those deals where I think that a lot of times um, a lot of moms are very structured in that and Mm. dads for the most part kind of just sort of, I don't want to say fly by the seat of your pants, but it's this idea that, Hey, like I'm not going to put a whole lot of stress into this. My kids stress me out enough. I don't need to add to that to myself. And so I think that would be probably the difference in that. I'm just sitting here reflecting on that because I often find myself as a mom feeling like I am trying to professionalize momdom. Mm -hmm. And what I feel like I hear you saying is dads don't feel that same stress. Is that a fair recap of what you just talked about? I think the definition of professionalism and it might be the thing. But yeah, I can understand what you're saying there. Um, I know a lot of times I joke with people, but we actually in the National At Home Dad Network have a shirt that we used to sell on a our website that actually was, it said uh, professional fatherhood or professional dad or something like that. And um, it, it's one of those things where a lot of at home dads, like we do see it as a profession, but not as one where there are these like merits and goals and things that like a, a company would sort of look at you and go like, you got to hit these marks. You know, I think as a parent, like it's just instilled like, all right, you know, you want your child to, move forward and do these different things. And it's just doing it in a, a way that's relaxing for the child and, and not stressful for the parent. And so, I don't know, it's one of those things where I think that, like you said, moms tend to definitely get, I think, the harsher end of things because it's always been looked at as mom is the the sort of the child rearing person and the dad's always gone off to work and he's around to do sort of this other side of things. And now that that starting that coin is turned in a lot of ways. The stay at home dad gets a chance to just say, Hey, like, you know, maybe there doesn't have to be as much pressure put on you. Like, and here's, this is what I do. I think the pressure is key. Like the pressure we put on ourselves and each other. I'm curious how the change from working to staying home changed your marriage, not just the way you you talk about parenting and the different ways you parenting, but how did it change your your relationship with your wife? Honestly, I'd say it changed it for the better in a lot of ways, because instead of both of us being gone and then coming back and trying to just sort of like grab everything and, and put everything in line, things are a lot more relaxed here at the house. So I already did a lot of chores around the house. Um, it gives me the opportunity to get even more done throughout the week. And it opens up our weekend to where, it's not about like, Hey, I got this honey do list. I make my own honey do mm-hmm. list. That's <laughs> I, I give myself my own list. Um, my wife from time to time will be like, Hey, this would be great if you can do this. But for the most part, I've already kind of set up my own thing. So that opens up a nice bit of, uh, just opportunity for other things to happen in the family. For us, it also like dinner can be ready. And that way the kids get to bed a little bit earlier, which is nice. Cause I think it gives us time to actually spend time together from time to time. Um, doesn't happen always because we're busy doing lots of other things. We're really busy in our church and uh, busy uh, just with like my dad's group and stuff. So those kind of things keep me and her moving. 
But I, I would say that it's allowed for a little more communication. And two, like, you know, you're, instead of the kids going off to uh, childcare or, I mean, my son goes to private school here in town. If my wife wants to know what's going on or if I need to tell her something, it's a really easy, I don't have to, she doesn't have to guess. She can just call. Whereas that doesn't always happen. That wasn't always happening uh, previously. I want to know if there is a conversation among stay-at-home dads like there is one among moms about what what is the long-term impact on me career-wise of making this decision. Mm. There is a very ongoing conversation about just that. Uh, what what happens like when your kids like a quote-unquote age out mm. and uh, you're able to go back to the workforce? And for some dads, and, and this falls in line with me, um, I'm, I'm in this until they're pretty much out of school and then we'll go from there. Um, hopefully things will be where it really won't matter that they move out of the house and I can move on their things. But I'm doing a lot of side stuff for the dad. That's not the one thing that I always uh, tell a lot of dads is like, keep a resume up of even just the small things that you do, because that's that's the biggest thing. Like, yeah, after maybe like five or six years of being at home and the kids in school all the time, like how do you get that job? And we say, you know, you got to build a resume, even based off of being at home, like to be able to present and say, Hey, like, yeah, I didn't have that nine to five job out in the workplace, but I did have these things that I was doing, or I was involved in this. And I think that that can actually go a long distance in having uh, a chance at getting a career after the kids are back in school. I think that's awesome. I, spent a lot of time when I was in human resources talking with dads about how men's decision to take parental leave is the most important step toward greater parental leave for women. Mm -hmm. Because right now, when a woman takes parental leave, she is being compared to her male colleague who is back at work, you know, in a couple of days. And I think that more men electing to stay home with children creates more options for women who elect to stay home with children. I think that equality is equality, right? And that it requires men participating in the family in this way. So I really value and appreciate what what you and other stay-at-home dads are doing. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Just the the idea of being able to look at it is like, we're all parents. If someone chooses to stay home, whether it be a mom or a dad, it, it shouldn't have a negative effect on you as far as why you did it. And it really shouldn't even matter to the person outside. Like, Hey, like they chose to do this. Like, this is what they find is best for their family. And so Mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing that I see as that sort of like that final hurdle. So yeah, having, having the dad stay at home, uh, definitely brings to light, like, okay, like, you know, that's, that's okay. That's, you know, that's how the culture is changing. And that's a good thing because, you know, sometimes one parent is better in the workplace, it's not like my wife will tell you straight up hand, like I take better care of the house than she ever could. But at the same time, I could never do her job sitting behind the desk and doing the things that she does. It, it always stressed me out or just wasn't that much fun. And she actually gets uh, some enjoyment out of what she does. So that works for her. Whereas for another family where uh, mom's staying home and dad's at work, if that's the choice that they made versus a like, hey, like you're just doing this, um, then it can work for you. I think that when you get into that force situation, or that sometimes it can even be tough too of like the, well, we we couldn't find any childcare that we really liked. And so one of us is going to have to sort of bite the bullet um, mm-hmm. is another part of it. But I think in the long run, even that, it, it doesn't need to be looked down upon because like you're saying, like it, it opens up that opportunity for people to see that 
you've got to make the choice that's best for your family. And that's the one thing where, um, like being a part of the National At Home Dad Network uh, and going to things like uh, they have a convention every year called the called Home Dad Con that's been going on for 20 years plus, uh, where stay-at-home dads can get together and have those conversations about like maybe a little like in face why it is that they decided to move into the stay-at-home dad position is something that the moms don't. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Get so much. You don't have a, there's not a home mom con that I know about that's going on. So I think that's the one thing that you don't see taking place is the communication and conversation outside of just in these communities online. And that can, I think, be something that's maybe even hurting the moms like nationwide and worldwide is that there's just too much judgment going on there and not enough actual community. Well, thank you so much for being a part of this cultural change. I think it is incredibly valuable. You tell all our listeners where they can they can find you, where where you're at on social media and podcasting and all the things. Yeah, so uh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at the Nomad Dad, and the Nomad Dad it actually stands for an acronym for the Not on My Ass Dad, and so <laughs> the name itself, <laughs> yeah, so the name itself too, like. When you spell nomad, you just spell out the word nomad and then add the letters AD to the end of it and you'll see my name pop or see that account pop up there. You can also find the podcasts that I do where I talk to dads all over the world about their fatherhood journeys um, on iTunes and uh, Spotify and Google Play, just those different areas. I'm also like I'm on Anchor FM currently, but I'm getting ready to move that off of there. But um, those are the easiest ways to find me for being able to listen to that podcast. Well, thanks again, Brock. We're so glad that you were able to join us today. Yeah, definitely. It was a pleasure speaking with you. For our inspiration to end the show today, I was inspired by Caitlin's commemoration about what a difference it made to have people just reach out and connect with her. And so pulled this quote out of our friend Jen Hatmaker's beautiful book of Mess and Moxie, Wrangling Delight Out of This Wild and Glorious Life. If you want to make good friends, be a good friend. Send kindness out in big, generous waves. Send it near and far. Send it through texts and emails and calls and words and hugs. Send it by showing up. Send it by proximity. Send it in casseroles. Send it with a well-timed me too. Send it with abandon. Put out exactly what you hope to draw in and expect it back in kind and in equal measure. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Nuanced Life. If you would like to see Beth and I in person, we will be live podcasting from Gettysburg, Pennsylvania on Saturday, November 17th. It'll be a Pantsuit Politics episode, but it'll be fantastic and we can hang out afterwards. So go over to Pantsuit Politics Facebook page and get your tickets to our live podcast in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. We'll be back in your ears on Friday over at Pantsuit Politics. And until then, keep it nuanced, y'all.
Nuance Life is produced by Dylan Garvin. Elise Knapp is our production assistant. Dante Lima is the composer and performer of our theme music. The Nuance Life is listener supported. For $5 a month, you'll receive an extra episode of The Nuance Life at patreon.com slash thenuancelife. You can connect with us on our website, thenuancelife.com, and follow us on Instagram.